In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So like all those family gatherings where your grandfather retold for the hundredth time the one story he always tells, I moved on this Good Shepherd Sunday to retell my favorite story about Bishop Jones' most fatal slip from the last quarter century. And like all dutiful children, when you're required to laugh at the appropriate moment, don't forget. (laughs) Even though I've told you this story many times before. It was a very hot, sunny Sunday morning when Bishop Jones was making his annual visitation to All Saints. And as was his custom, he gathered the gaggle of children eight to 12 years old, in the front pews for the children's sermon. It was Good Shepherd Sunday like today, and the gospel was one we heard today. And in keeping with the occasion, Bishop Jones wore his consecration cope, which was inscribed on the back, Feed My Sheep, in stylized lettering, intentionally slightly obscured by the design. So he turned his back to the children and asked them to tell him what it said. And they found it difficult to read, and he didn't get an an immediate response. So he gave them a hint. Well, he said, in all innocence, the first word is a four-letter word beginning with F at which point the congregation gasped and held their collective breaths because we feared that the first word which might come to their minds, to the minds of these streetwise kids, was not likely to be feed. Thank you for laughing and indulging me. This is something that really endears me about All Saints. Family stories are about preserving identity, about remembering whom we belong to and about who we are. They are the window through which we viewed the world growing up. And for better or for worse, when we do grow up, either appreciate or have to overcome. I find this story endearing and revealing about a man who was newly made a bishop when I was facing my crisis with the church, having been fired from a position for being gay. Not because I had embarrassed the church or anyone else, but merely for being gay. And at the time, my relationship with Ted Jones was pretty strained because, and I can only say this now, he was newly consecrated and hadn't built a political base yet. So I felt that I had no shepherd, no advocate in the diocese to defend me. And once more, when asked if he could help, be of help securing another position in the church, his response was, well, 
The fact is that I can't rightly put you forward without being upfront about you being gay. And remember, this was 40 years ago, and the church was just beginning to think about having girls as acolytes, <laughs> let alone having a gay priest, and I felt rather unprotected. So once more, when the building manager of a building in which I had applied to rent an apartment called me to inform me that I was not qualified and gave no reason, it turned out that the property manager was on the vestry of the parish that was forcing me out. The bishop would not and could not intercede. Gordon, at the time, as you may probably have heard before, had been interviewing for a position only to be denied, denied that position when a senior official, a member of the same vestry, vestry came, became aware of who the applicant was. There was no shepherd, and the wolf was threatening. So you may now ask, be asking whether Bishop Jones was a good example of a shepherd at least in the way that I've portrayed him. Well, let me give you a little broader perspective, something that after 40 years I'm better able to tell. The whole reason the issue of my being gay probably ever came up, would, it would never would have come up if Gordon and I hadn't formed a chapter of integrity here at All Saints. We didn't do it in our own parish because we were well aware of the matters of sexuality and the church's embarrassment about gay people was still a long way off. And the rector of All Saints, Jack Eastwood at the time, invited us to create a, a chapter. And I'm sure it wasn't without some trepidation that he did it because for him there could be no outcasts and because there was this cheap plastic sign that someone had stuck over the west door of the church which said, which said, all are welcome. I think he took that seriously and lived by it. And there had been a long history here in this parish of advocacy, which would have given Jack some confidence to take the risk. And the black community understood the importance of inclusiveness and had prepared the way for the next wave of diversity. News of Gordon's and my involvement at All Saints traveled back pretty quickly, to the diocese anyway, and raised some questions about our involvement. We were working at the time in a powerful parish and we were perhaps foolish to think that it wouldn't be a threat to the establishment that we would form a chapter here. But what is important about this account is that while Bishop Jones didn't do what we, in our anger, would have liked him to do, he did something which I will remember and greatly respect him for. He started to attend the chapter meetings of integrity. He said mass at this altar for those who were concerned about the church and how it might respond to the threat of the likes of Anita Bryant, whom you probably haven't ever heard of, 
but she was the orange juice queen and a movie star. And, and she was leading a witch hunt to get gay teachers fired from their jobs in Florida. And this was the catalyst which brought up the issue in the first place. And Bishop Jones, by his presence to us, gave us the confidence to move on. We naively didn't realize what personal cost might be extracted once the window was opened. We were not conscious of these things at the time, but over the years we have come to see that the role of the shepherd is a matter of presence more than anything else. Political forces, social mores, and plain stupidity are powerful and real enemies of faith, not to mention the church. Confrontation like demonstrating and protesting is critical, but it does not change opinions. Ultimately, presence is what changes hearts. The community of All Saints was present to us, and not without hesitation and with some pain. When we came here to find our spiritual home in 1978, we have always respected that, and it is that reason that has remained our home, our spiritual home for all these years, and why our ashes will reside in the columbarium someday. But it is also why we believe this diocese was early to accept gay candidates for holy orders and to hire gay clergy into visible positions. The presence of All Saints and its openness to gay people was a shepherd to the diocese as a whole, saying there is nothing to be afraid of and much to be gained by diversity. Years later, when Bishop Jones was going to retire, he wrote us a personal letter reflecting on what had happened. Over the years, he had felt badly about the way things had evolved and had wished that he might have done more. The truth of it was that there wasn't much he could have done, and dealing with gay issues was a new thing. There were no landmarks to go by, and so he thanked us for our ministry and our presence and witness to him. I tell you this story now for the hundredth time <clears throat> because I'm old. <laughs> and I feel I've got a right to tell it. It is about who you are as much as it is about who I am. We are shepherds to one another. And our stories are about who we are as a community. It is how we are present to one another and how we experience Bishop Jones's F word. We feed one another by our presence. We have a new shepherd now. And in the first week of her consecration, it was discovered that the person who defaced St. David's bean blossom with swastikas and hate messages was their parish organist. The new bishop responded with the following statement. <clears throat> Many people in our country, particularly members of sexual, religious, and racial minorities, 
have well-founded reasons to be fearful in these difficult times. But this terrible situation illustrates why we must resist the temptation to play to those fears. Our job as the people of God is to speak the truth to love, admit our sins, and be ever mindful that seeking justice includes ending fear for all God's people. That's presence. I love you, All Saints. When you organize other Episcopal churches to march in the Pride Parade, I love you, All Saints, when you show up at the Capitol to protest an ill-conceived bill which allows discrimination and encourages discrimination against one class of people. I love you, All Saints, when you speak out for the rights of women. And I especially love you when on a normal Sunday morning, a server asked to be called by the name of the opposite gender, and it is acknowledged and affirmed without a second thought or hesitation or judgment. I love you, all saints. O God, whose Son is the good shepherd of your people, Grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>